Shouts to all the listeners around the globe, man. Combination, what up, what up, what up, everyone? Welcome to episode 133. That's right, episode 133 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Actually, you know what? Go pause this episode and leave a five-star rating and a friendly comment right on your Apple Podcast app. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Then press play because we got a great show for you. Pastor Carl Lentz joins in. Had a great conversation with Carl. Glad you guys will be able to listen in. Follow Carl on Instagram at Carl Lentz. That's C-A-R-L-L-E-N-T-Z. You know you can follow me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Pastor Carl, man, how you feeling today? Ah, I'm reaching over slow because I've got some broken ribs. What happened? Um, playing the game that we love. Yeah, you yeah. play it a lot. Yeah, well, when you're 41, you don't bounce back like you used to. Right, right. You know, it's funny. People know you as Pastor Carl, but I know you as Carl who just shoots from 40. 40, 40 or beyond. No, I've, I've known you. I was thinking about it on my way in. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. This oh, is, anytime. This is really cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm a huge fan of you. So appreciate you. Ha- appreciate you being here, man. Even if you had like a Canal Street, you know, purse shop where you were selling fake stuff, I would buy from you. For real? So, yeah. Um, So to be on here is really cool. Um, I've known you for like 10 years. I think I met you. Yeah. I met all the the guys I knew when I first moved to New York. I'm still friends with because of basketball. Right. So, yeah, we've been hooping together. I played played with your team at Rucker. I've I've done it all with you, man. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Which, by the way, we put the only team out there with five NBA starters. You did. First team at Rucker ever. Were you, the, were you there the day that KD dropped, what was it, 60 or 70? Or were you just there for the day in Gauchos? I, was, I wasn't there for the 60. But okay. I was there for when he w- would have had 60. And we had to leave after the third quarter because it was so crazy. Right. That, right. Ga- that game started on the outdoor Rucker court. And it was so packed and the floor was a little bit wet. They were like, we're going to move this, moved it to Gauchos. And it was such a crazy scene in there. Rucker's amazing, man. It was KD, Scott Machado. Landry Fields, Scott. David. Scott's been on the show, by, by, yeah. by the way. Yeah. David Lee, yeah. um, Baysmore, and uh, Landry Fields and KD. Yeah, yeah. That was our five. Yeah, and it was ridiculous. Yeah, that gym was packed. Probably the only one that the only energy that ever matched energy was Vin, when Vince caught that windmill three hundred and sixty at Gauchos. Besides that, that's the greatest moment ever. Yeah. So it's third quarter. KD had at least forty something at that point. And we had um, White Chocolate, not Jason Williams, but the streetball legend, White Chocolate. You know who that is? Chase. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Actually, I play with him on your team. Love him. Yeah, That's yeah, my good guy. guy. He loves um, the game. He was killing, too. Yeah. And we could shoot we, it. We called a timeout, and I'm like, all right, as soon as we go back onto the game, we're just going to walk straight out onto the street and get out of here. Right. So we broke the huddle and just took off. Right, and right. It was crazy because I was like, we're not going to be able to get out of here. Um, but it was fun, man. There's no scene like the New York basketball scene. Nah, that energy that the crowd gives you is just different. You don't realize how it is until you play in it. 
No, and you put in work everywhere you go. I, I think all your listeners must know a little bit about you. They know a little bit. Appreciate that, Carl. You always have kind words. You always have kind words, and I appreciate that. Well, if they're truthful, I got to say. Yeah. But you are, you're a hooper. Whenever I can get you on the squad, we try to. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's start with, you know, everybody knows you as Pastor Carl, but some people don't know you were a hooper. Uh, where'd, you, where'd your hoop journey begin? <sighs> okay, my, my hoop journey began, obviously, I'm from Virginia. Right. And I was on a really good high school team. Um, got moderate recruiting interest, but like right as I graduated high school, um, my coach goes, I got you a tryout, Hargrave Military Academy. Right. And went up there and made that team, and it ended up being the best thing ever. We were number one in the country. 13 guys went D1. Right. How was the adjustment, though, to prep school? Because I know I had, it's a tough adjustment. It was awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't want to go to a military prep school Oh, my ever. God, for sure. Um, but, yeah, we, uh, we had a team that was 35 and 1. And 13 guys went D1. Anthony Grundy, who just passed away. Um, yeah, my, my roommate at Hargrave and at NC State. Uh, Herb Sendek came to sign him, and Grundy didn't play because um, he got suspended for something crazy. I started in his place and, and played a pretty good game. I actually got kicked out of the game at halftime for fighting against Fork Union. It was like oh, our, our rival. But You are feisty. You well, are feisty on the but court it got still me, to this day. But it got me to... To where, because Herb Sendek came down and he's like, hey, you know, we'd love to have you at NC State. That's dope. And uh, that's how I ended up there. Played there for about two years. And it was incredible. This was like the apex of the ACC. High level. High level. It was, was, you know, Duke was ridiculous. Uh, Yeah. Maryland had Steve Francis. Um, Like, it was just crazy. Uh, I loved it. Loved every second of it. Didn't play a lot. Might have played a little if I stayed all four years. Um, But I still lead NC State in warm-up threes made. Okay. I mean, all time leading. <laughs> um, no question. But it was cool. Like I, I just I learned so much. Um, lifelong friends. Went home to a D three school um, to kind of finish out my sophomore year. Um, loved that Virginia Wesleyan. And then uh, realized right then that I probably wasn't going to be a pro basketball player. And uh, ended up just kind of exploring my relationship with God, right. which uh, changed my life. So you played with Damon. You met Damon and Adam there yeah. at NC State? Yeah. So Adam Harrington, who is now, I think, the premier coach in the NBA, um, he was like the like number three recruit in the country. Tough, Nasty. tough, like, tough. No, man, he was yeah. murder. But he was, yeah, I met him first day at NC State. And uh, Damon Thornton, um, who you've played with before. Yeah, yeah. So that, that whole crew I'm still pretty tight with. Now Archie Miller, who's the coach of Indiana. Okay. He was, he was our point guard. And yeah, so it was cool. It was a great crew. For sure. So, I mean, you have a son. Is he playing ball yet? A little bit. He's playing football. So let me ask you this question. What is your thoughts on when coaches or teams or programs have this mindset that everybody should play the same amount? Uh, it's the worst mindset ever. I agree. It's the same mindset as like giving you a trophy for um, just participating. I agree. One time Roman did get one. Um, their team lost and they gave everybody a trophy. So I took the trophy, broke it in front of him. And I'm like, we don't do this in this house. We don't, we don't like uh, validate mediocre and i went and like made up some drill and had him win that so i can give him a trophy for being a great leader but no i don't do the whole um you know even thing because that's not life right you earn a spot or you don't earn a spot so if my, work harder right if, well if my kid was not getting playing time i wouldn't put it on the coach i wouldn't go tell him hey can my kid play i'd tell my son this is unless you want to work harder we're going to be the best two minute a game guy there is right right what was his response to that it's not valid with my son because he's going. He's going to play. He's going to get tired. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dope. So the name of your book is On the Moment. Yeah. Um. Go get that. Amazon. Where yeah. Else it was we like two it? years ago. I think. Um, Time flies, right? I know. I know. It. It's. It, it should be at Barnes and Nobles or wherever you can get it online still. But yeah, I love that book. Why, Cor- why the name? Why the name? On the Moment. Because I, I wanted to 
hopefully have a book where if you read the title, you get the the vibe of what it is. And I think we live in a in a time where people need to do that more. Just own the moment. We're always planning for the next or focused on the last. And it's like, man, you're going to miss the, the present. Or focused on the phone. Maybe. <laughs> own the moment. Start a podcast. Get a cool logo. With, you got to get uh, Carl hooping. They, they even got your knee brace on there. <laughs> I appreciate it. Justin Bieber, man, what was his journey like and what did you learn about fame? Is there like a gift and a curse to it? Just I know you probably have a totally different perspective now because there's a lot of famous people, but there's not a lot of famous people at Justin's level of fame. So Now there's like three. We right. always say there's fame right. and then there's Justin fame, right. Michael Jackson fame. Right, right, right. Um, I think there was an article a couple years ago that said there's like three, three people in the world that are instantly recognizable. It was like Obama, Justin, and some other person at that time. Um, and I think, have you ever been to, I think I brought him up one time when you were there at Chelsea. I don't think, but I, I think I was in the garden when you brought him to that game. I didn't play in that game actually, but I think that's when I remember seeing him. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's just. Oh like, yeah. He was in the gym one day. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I don't, I, I don't let him play with those cats. Cause it's like, man, someone's it's too gonna, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wait, one thing. Did you, did you hear the story? What happened in Chelsea? So Cooley was playing Spade, right? Yep. I got DJ Spade and there's a, there's a clock, right? Yeah. So two minutes left. They're up two. Spade goes like this for two minutes and doesn't let anybody touch him, and they win. <laughs> if if Cooley's listening, <laughs> that's my guy. Shout out to DJ Spade. Do what you got to do to win. If you're mad at it, take the ball from him. <laughs> for sure. I could just see Cooley doing that. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard, though. I love it. I but love back it. to Justin. Yeah, back to Justin. <laughs> I think um, he's, he's an amazing guy. I yeah. think he's worked really hard to – to fight for his mental health because it's a different world. Like we all have mental health issues. So whenever you hear someone like admit that they have it, it's like you and everybody else. It's just who does something about them. And I think he was brave enough to go, I gotta, I gotta fight for my sanity in this crazy world or I'm gonna end up, you know, a famous statistic. And he's, he's kind, he's humble. Um, he shouldn't be who he is with the fame that he has. He should be even, he should just be, you know, on a different planet, but he's just refused to live that life. And, um, it's hard though. That yeah. fame, that fame is ugly. Yeah, how's how's he doing today? Awesome. He's Good. married. Oh, um, okay. He just released a song that I think's number one on everything, including you know the music on Mars. Like that that song went huge already. So. Um, he's doing good. Doing it all started on YouTube, right? Yeah. yeah, Scooter Braun. I think someone gave him a lead that uh, just there's some some kid you know just busking in in Canada, and he went and checked okay. them out, and okay. the rest is history. Speaking of YouTube, follow Combo TV on YouTube, but. Uh, Subscribe. There you go. But uh, all right. So, what are your thoughts when people blame you for like, <laughs> yeah, KD leaving, <laughs> KD leaving OKC or Kyrie leaving the Cavs? Like, what do you make of that? How ridiculous is it? And what do you make of it? Well, they're right. I hold all the keys. Oh, okay. You know? like, yeah. I have that much power. No, yeah. Anytime anybody says stuff like that, I'm always like, they must have like a really small incubated world to think that, um, you know. Somebody could make these calls, but it's par for the course. If you don't understand my life or my relationship with these guys, it'd be easy to go like, what's going on? You know, some weird cult, some guy trying to pull strings. But if you know anybody from KD to, to Justin, these guys are who they are because they can't be told what to do. Yeah. So the notion that I could try to sway somebody is just uh, it's pretty false. That's not even my job or my life anyway. You know, if I'm a friend of anybody, whether it be you or, uh, you know, a friend, somebody to know if you ask me. You know what I think about a situation. I could give you advice or wisdom, but it would never be, you know, some heavy-handed "gotta do this" type vibe. So, um, yeah, it's not my fault that uh, KD's in Brooklyn. 
right, definitely right. not my fault that uh, you know think, NBA th- things went down. I think they got a good chance for a championship within the next two years. I think so. I think yeah. so. Did you see Kyrie last night? No, but he's been back like he never left, right? Bro, I mean, he's unbelievable. Like last night, I don't. I think they lost to Utah, but they, the guy is just otherworldly. Yeah, he could score in more ways than anybody ever. Like he don't. Like yeah. every move he has is like a patent move, and it's fun to. It's just so fun to watch. It's like watching an and one guy that's like achieve the highest level. But every move he does, you just wish you could do it. You got to see him live. If you never have, you got to see um, Kyrie live. There's a couple other guys that you see him on TV, and you're like, yeah. And then you see him live, you're like, now I get it. Giannis is like that. Yeah, um, the way he changes direction at that size. You know, the only, the only guy that's ever got me to stand up in my chair at a pro game, Derrick Rose. Yeah, this was years ago when he was with Chicago. I was at the Knicks game, and he caught the ball about three-quarter court, and he was at the other free throw line so fast. Me and, like, ten people stood up. We all looked at each other. You know how you do the MSG? You're like, oh, my gosh. Did that? It just takes your breath away. Yeah, for sure. I got a personal question, Carl. So it might. I guess it's a question about God. So sometimes once in a while, you know, I'll be driving my car, and I think something bad's going to happen, and then somebody will swerve into my lane. Luckily, nothing happened like that. Like, I, whenever I get a bad feeling, something around me happens. Do you feel that's God? No. Okay. I don't I don't think it's God. I think that I'll, I'll probably say the peace that you can get during that stuff is God gotcha. because life's going to happen to you whether you believe in God or not. And I think, um, yeah, I don't think that God causes, caused that car to swerve into you. But I think – Oh, it, it didn't go all the way. But yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I don't think it's always God causing bad or good things. Or when I like think of Carl in my mind and then I get a text message from Carl. Stuff like that always happens to me. That could be God. Okay. Okay. You, ne- you never know. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of the mystery of being somebody that's a faith guy. I mean, sometimes you – I think it's weird when people start to put that much emphasis on everything. Like they stand in front of their closet and say, God, what should I wear? Right. That type of that type of stuff, I'm not sure. But I do think sometimes God will align you with people. He will put relationships in your path that you didn't plan on. And, I agree. Um, sometimes absolutely God had that plan. Right. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about Hillsong. Can, can you just speak to what Hillsong is and your role with Hillsong? So Hillsong is a club where only rich and famous people can come. Um, <laughs> we charge money at the door. We make sure you have the right clothes on. Right. And uh, if you make any mistakes, you can never come back. That's, right, right. that's the Hillsong mantra. Um, yeah, over the years, there's been you know, stories um, that are written. And you can't control every narrative, but... Anybody who knows us knows, you know, what the truth is. And um, for us, we're a, a church that has open doors. Anybody right. can come, whether you're nameless, whether you're famous, whether you believe or not believe. And that's what makes us, us a little bit special because you would come because you're my boy. And even though we might not share the same faith, you would trust that I'm not going to bring you to some place that's going to judge you or, or force you to be somebody you're not. For sure. Um, and I think that's our, our church is effective because we got a lot of people who don't think they're better than anybody. They're trying to be the best them. Right, right, In that kind of environment, you want other people to win. You want your friends to know about it. And, again, anything you don't know from a distance, we have a phrase that says um, distance creates distortion. Right. Meaning, like, if you're far away, you can't tell. Is that a 7-Eleven or is that a Krispy Kreme? That's a big difference. For sure. The only way you're going to find out is walking towards it. And our culture doesn't want to do that. So if I don't understand combo, I'd rather stay back here and judge you. But if I want to get to know you, i got to reach out. So that's our, our goal with church is to get people to not judge it not judge people come come see for yourself can you speak to what gold in the garbage is yeah yeah i am gold in the garbage okay. i think i think gold, <laughs> gold gold in the garbage is when you have an ability to look at a average situation and say you know what 
this isn't ideal, but there's going to be something in this. There's meaning in this. There's there's gold in the garbage, if you will. And I think that's been the story of our life. Um, it's when you're having an awful day and you walk into your office and go, you know what? I'm going to have a great conversation. This whole day might be garbage, but this moment right here, this is gold. And I think that kind of mentality helps you understand I can't control everything around me, but I can control me. So right, right. I might be in the worst week of my life, but there's going to be some gold in it somewhere. And then you start to live like that, where you start to see, even in people, where there might be some garbage aspects about them, but I still see the gold in you. And I think that kind of mentality just makes life better, makes it more fun. Can you relate that to the court? Like when somebody's garbage, but you make them better and you make them a good player? Is that? <laughs> yeah, basketball-wise, like, <laughs> my gosh, I think that that's the, that's the essence of a good coach, isn't it? Right. Like somebody else might look at this heap of players and go, we got nothing. But a, a coach who knows what he's doing says, now nah, there's some gold in you. Right, right. I'm going to put this system that's so ironclad, that's so beautiful, that the worst player in the world could fit in there. And, right. And uh, we're going to make you a winner. Right. Do you feel your basketball background helped you with what you do today? I mean, like nothing else. Really? Everything we do as as basketball players, it's actually about leadership. And I think, was it Obama who said you can find out more about a man in two hours of basketball than you can two years of life? And that is true. You know what that's like. Like I can get – we can pick up a stranger off the street at Chelsea and you can know in an hour whether you'd ever hang out with that guy. And he never said a word. You could just tell by the way he plays. It's not even about being good. It's about like your spirit and your will – and whether you're selfless or not, whether you're a jerk. Um, you know what, though? In Chelsea, there's a couple of really good guys that they are crazy on the court, though. Yeah, but but you know that, too, though. You're <laughs> like, like I, I appreciate you scoring, but I would never <laughs> hang out with you. I don't even like the way you score. Like, we won, but I was miserable out here. Right, right. So, yeah, basketball, for me, I think it taught me how to be a, a team guy. It taught me how to encourage people. Um, I've always been that kind of player where I want, we always say, you know, I want the smoke. Like I want to be on all the smoke. I want to be down by twenty with right. four to go and just watch us, you know, make this eighteen to two run, whatever. Um, and I think that stuff has really helped me out in life for sure. Right. But plus, I should never have been where I was basketball wise. Why is that? I mean, I wasn't good enough in the natural, but I outworked everybody to get to you know a place in basketball where I didn't belong. So that that showed me in life, like this isn't about being gifted. This isn't about being um, a superstar. It's about working harder. And nobody can stop you from working hard. Nobody. Speaking of sh- uh, speaking of natural, how much of I am could- the best shooter I know. Yeah, no, I was, yeah. that's what I, that's what I was getting to. Um, you are a great shooter. How much of that? How much of shooting do you believe is natural and, and versus worked on? Because there's guys that you know they don't put in as much work as somebody else, and they might shoot better than that person. You know what I mean? Well, so, how much of yeah. shooting do you believe is natural? I think um, it's a good question. I think the closest thing would be golf because you know I don't I do you golf at all. No, I don't. Well, I don't either because <laughs> I, I can still hoop. But when when I do go to Top Golf or I know some golfers that are great, right. you, you can tweak one thing about your mechanics and it's the difference between a great shot and a, and a bad shot. Um, I'm getting better as a shooter now at 41 because mechanics are everything. So I can sit there with somebody who can't shoot. You give me two weeks, I can make you a shooter right. because basketball is about repping the right things. Shooting is about form. It's about your feet. It's about your elbows. About your knees. Right. And, and the flow of the jump shot. Everything. Yeah. So it's still my favorite thing to do today. All all of my stuff I learned from Adam. Yeah. So who's who, the reason why he's going to be the best coach in the NBA is because he he played for the Mavericks. Um, Dirk Nowitzki is his mentor, and Dirk's like shooting coach, uh, a guy named Holger. I'm sure if you Google him, you'll find out. Taught Adam all of Dirk's stuff. So Adam has gone on now to teach that system to so many people. 
And I think it's it's really evident. I mean, he he's the one who the footwork stuff, elbow stuff, like he's unbelievable. So he taught me all that. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna be the best rec baller in history. For sure. Because I'm gonna shoot better than I ever have. So <laughs> that's to me, shooting is about working hard. Shouts to uh, Chris Grant, a fellow author of yours. Um, man, he always asks. He's like, you got to get Carl on the show and Subway ask rights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my guy. I love Chris. He always he, he's a big advocate of you being on here, so he's gonna be happy to see this episode. He oh, he wanted to know specifically what Adam has taught you. So is there anything specific we could give to Chris and our listeners? Yeah, yeah. You can subscribe to my Secrets of Shooting. Okay. Uh, it's a uh, hundred dollars <laughs> a month. It's a new no. I think it's a, it's a heel toe thing. Um, which is so counterculture. So most shooters shoot from their toes. If you watch people on film, a great toe shooter would be Ray Allen, right? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't make it right. It means right. he repped a wrong mechanic so bad that it's beautiful, right? right so unless right. you're Ray Allen. Um, look at Reggie. He had like a weird form. You right, know, everybody's right. Everybody's different. But yeah. the best shooters have perfect footwork. So look at JJ. Clay. Look at Kyle. Look at Joe Harris right now, right. who's unbelievable, even off a of catch and shoot. Um, and, yeah. and look at shooters that are about 32, 33%. The reason why they shoot 32% is because they, they release from their toes. And it's impossible to rep that. So you're off balance all the time. You could have perfect elbow, wrist, everything. But if your feet are not balanced, you're not going to be able to consistently shoot. So I think that the, the core comes down to your, your feet, yeah. which people never expect. If the pastor thing doesn't work out, you can become an NBA shooting coach. That's that's my ultimate. That's my end game. <laughs> you know, there's more money in the NBA game, you know. Right, right. Do you have a? Did you have a chapter in your book called Molly Percocet? I did. What's that? What was that about? It was about a bunch of things. Gotcha. Um, it was about the shallow culture. Um, it was about teaching my daughter about what lyrics mean. Um, I tell a story in there where I heard my daughter singing Molly Percocet. Now it's dated already. I'm like, golly, I never knew that, um, you know, the, the Migos would, would be that dated. Um, but she was just singing a song. And I said, do you know what that song's about? And she's like, no, and I don't care. It just sounds cool. And I said, well, these guys are talking about drugs. And this is what these drugs do. And the purpose of that chapter was just to say, be careful what you put put in your soul because it's going to reproduce something. Right, right. So be careful. Right. Who do you like for MVP this year? That's really tough. I'm I'm a, I'm I'm dual minded in this because I feel like they should give MVPs after the finals. I mean that makes sense. Um, for instance, I mean Giannis wouldn't have won last year. I know, that, yeah. I know. But what what really matters in the NBA is winning the finals, winning right. the playoff games. So to give MVPs like Lamar Jackson, who I love, he's the NFL MVP. He's out. He's sitting at home. So right. I think that there should be some some way to add the playoffs. But MVP counting it as it is now, it's got to be Harden. Right, um, I would say the three guys: LeBron, Giannis, and Harden. Yeah. And then, well, I didn't get to LeBron yet. I think um, I don't know how you don't give it to LeBron. I agree. I don't understand it. It's like back in the day when Jordan wouldn't get it, and they would just voters fatigue. Well, they would give somebody a charity call, like Carl Malone sitting there today somewhere with the MVP because people just got sick of voting for Jordan. Uh, but I, I think LeBron. I don't understand how he does it. The dude can just he just makes his team better. Um, I'm, I'm probably putting my money on him. Until number seven from Brooklyn's back. Okay. Okay. You, you know what's crazy? If he would have been back, I felt like he was the only one that could legitimately say, if he kept, if he improved even more, that he's better than LeBron. I don't think anybody else could take that crown from LeBron. It, that I see, at least. It's tough right now. Say that. Yeah, for sure. Harden's freaking good, though. It's crazy. I don't the numbers understand. he's putting up. Yeah, I, I watch it. And there's a video floating around now of him and Russell doing slow-mo stuff. Have you seen it? No. Nah, I got to watch it. got to his step back from the underneath the basket angle. And it's crazy because you can see how, how slow it goes and that little double hop he does to get back. He makes it difficult look easy. It's it's special. 
Yeah. Yeah, but he works hard, though. Like, a lot of those of guys don't understand. A guy like James Harden is like a good comedian. Have you ever seen a really funny comedian who yeah. just rolls? Yeah, for That sure. guy has worked hard for at sure. that act because preparation gives you peace. It's the same thing when you see somebody like Giannis, who, by the way, is the hardest worker in the NBA, apparently. Doesn't surprise me. Um, Harden would practice that hundreds of times. That's right. why it's annoying when you go play pickup with somebody who tries that move and you're like, bro, you can't make that. <laughs> you, yeah. you just saw that on TV. You just wasted a possession so you could try his little step back. It's not that easy. You know? Yeah, especially with the youth, man. They're all shooting from 40. A lot of that's because of Steph Curry. My you son. <laughs> okay, with football and basketball, the other day we're playing catch, and he just does this weird running sidearm thing. I said, son, what was that? He goes, I'm Mahomes. I said, you're not Mahomes. <laughs> I want you to complete 10 normal passes. We go shoot around the driveway right away. Catches it, like double cross, triple step back. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, well, you know our rule here. Until you can make 10 free throws, you can't shoot a step back. And he's like, that's fine, Dad. Does it again. You know, so thanks, Steph Curry, for all the dads out there. Now we got to teach our sons how not to do a step back until you can actually dribble five times without dribbling off your foot. No, right. And part of that, I think, is just the high highlight social media era where they just see the greatest plays. I think a lot of kids aren't watching games in their entirety. Are you, bro, okay, so let me just tell you something about youth culture. My son and his friends will sit there and watch hours of vines still on youtube and it'll be like the highlights of the nba highlights of great shooters and so they don't even know what a real game looks like they just think that all games are like and we, we say that about life too don't ever compare your your highlight reel to somebody else's highlight reel because neither of them are real watch the whole game right 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 so yeah well carl's great have you can you leave, can you leave us with like a good word a good word um i think life is amazing okay if you choose to see it like that and if anybody's listening that's going through a, a tough season, it's just a season. It will get better. Keep okay. listening to this podcast. I love it. For sure. Combos, score rate, review, subscribe. Where can we find you, Carl? Uh, you can find us now at the Palace Theater in Washington Heights, Hillsong Church, uh, 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 5 o'clock. This week will be our first week there. Dope. So we were at the Manhattan Center, but we have to, you know, we switched to a bigger venue and it's closer to Harlem. It's really cool. Love to have you come. Combo's coming. So if anybody yeah. wants to come to church, but they say, oh, I'm Jewish, I always say, my boy Combo comes. Yeah. Plus, uh, our guy Jesus is there. He's Jewish. Right, right. So uh, no matter where you're from, what you've done, what you haven't done, what you believe, what you don't believe, Hillsong Church, it, our doors are open. We'd love to have you. Great. Uh, social media? Did you say all your social media? Uh, no, nah, I'm at Combo. Okay. Um, two, five, no, how, one, two, Combo. O-N-E-T-W-O. See you There you I'm go. I'm at Carl Lentz <laughs> NYC on the gram, at Carl Lentz NYC on the Twitter. Hey. And yeah, that's me. It's getting popping out here. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Drop a clue bomb. <laughs> Boom. Thanks, Carl. Shout to Clue. <laughs> yes, sir. Clue, we love you. <laughs> Later. Thank you for listening to Combo's Court and big shouts to Carl for joining in. We appreciate you. If you would like to watch the video version of this episode, check out Combo TV on YouTube. Share this episode with a friend via social media or word of mouth. And check out the Combo's Court Patreon page. I'll put a link in the description for that. Be on the lookout for episode one, three, four. Combo out.